Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Sig Sauer Studios on the Fort Worth Armory. Platinum microphone. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Walter, Walter. Ah, here we go. Armed American Radio's second hour is now upon us. First one flew right by. This one's going to also. And here we are in the Sig Sauer Studios, now on the Fort Worth Armory. Very platinum, very powerful microphone here. All of it being brought to you by X Insurance and all of our great partners. And today is, proud to say, our 14th anniversary on the airwaves. We'll celebrate that a little bit more on Sunday because the show was a Sunday show uh, when we first started. Of course, we've moved into Monday through Friday on the Daily Defense. But the big monster cast on Sunday, we'll have a, we'll have a little shebang. Greg in Dallas, Texas, how you doing today, brother? I am doing pretty good. Okay. We're going to move in to something. Ver- I find this fascinating. And listeners, I think you will, too. It's fun, and boy, you're going to learn a lot. But there's a, it's, it can get a little complicated. There's some legalese going on in here. And there's a couple of things that I want you to know because you're going to hear it as we go through this, this uh, Sixth Circuit panel ruling on, uh, on, on bump stocks. And I want you to think about the pistol brace or anything else the ATF might want to decide they want to do for that matter, because they are trying to decide things to do right now. Semi-automatic redefinition, I promise you, is on their chopping block. That much I can promise you. But there's a couple legal terms in here that we'll go over quickly. You'll hear the rule of lenity. Have you ever heard of that, Greg? Do you know what that is in legalese? I do not know. It's, it's, it's pretty simple to figure out. It's, and I'm going to give this to you from Cornell Law School. It was a really good definition of it that is pretty much, you know, just it's not real legally easy. But it's a, good, it's, it's a good explanation, and it's fairly simple. The rule of lenity is a principle used in criminal law, also called rule of strict construction, stating that when a law is unclear or ambiguous— the court should apply it in the way that is most favorable to the defendant. Now, in the case that we're going to be talking about, think about this in terms of the bump stock. The guy bought the bump stock legally. Is the definition of a machine gun that the ATF applied after not applying it ambiguous or unambiguous? I'll just leave it at that. That's where the rule of lenity will come in, and you'll hear that a couple times as we go through this. Also, Chevron doctrine, uh, Chevron deference is what it's referred to quite a bit. And we've heard Mr. Gottlieb talk about it in the past. We've had a couple other, a couple other attorneys. I believe the law of self-defense, Andrew Branca may have mentioned this at one point in time on the show. 
This one gets a little bit confusing, but we'll break it down for you as we go through because it's really still kind of simple in the context of what we're going to talk about here. But I want to lay this out for you because you're going to hear this, and I don't want to have to go through and explain it while we're doing it. I want you to get. I want to get it out right now. The scope of the show. Again, I'm going to quote this from Cornell Law School, so any attorney out there can't say you don't know what you're talking about. Right? I'm just the messenger here, and I, I felt that this definition was a good one for a radio audience. It's theater of the mind. The scope of the Chevron deference doctrine is that when a legislative delegation to an administrative agency on a particular issue or question is not explicit, think ambiguous, unambiguous, but rather implicit, a court may not substitute its own interpretation of the statute for a reasonable interpretation made by the administrative agency. Think ATF. You follow me? It'll become clear. Let me continue with this definition. And as we go through the Sixth Circuit ruling, it will become clear to you. Justice Stevens wrote in the Chevron case, when the statute is silent or ambiguous with respect to the specific issue, think bump stocks here, and the definition the ATF gave it when they redefined it as a machine gun in this case. The question for the court becomes whether the agency's action was based on a permissible construction of the statute. Now, I'm going to stop there. I could go on, but I I think that gives you a pretty clear understanding. Think ATF and their construction of the statute. Was it permissible what they did? In this case, the redefinition of an inanimate piece of plastic to all of the sudden fit the agency's new agenda. Greg, did that make sense in simplistic terms? I think I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so let's start going through what happened here. This is utterly mind boggling. When you think about this in terms of the upcoming pistol brace on May 31st and what happens to you on May 32nd. And I think this gives us a really good window. This is the opinion of a Scott A. Harden. He was the plaintiff. Versus Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, Stephen M. Dettelbach, Director of ATF, United States of America, Merrick B. Garland, Attorney General, in his official capacity as Attorney General of the United States. They're the defendants. And this was an appeal that was argued on January 19th, 2023, because he lost in a lower court, and he appealed. And this was filed yesterday, this ruling. Now, this is fun. Here's from Ronald Lee Gilman. He's the circuit judge. The placement of a bump stock on a semi-automatic rifle causes the rifle to function essentially like a machine gun by dramatically increasing the rate of fire. And the possession of a machine gun is a criminal offense under the Gun Control Act of 1968. This raises the question of whether a bump stock is a machine gun part as defined by the National Firearms Act of 1934. The question is a close one on which reasonable jurists have disagreed, judges. A disagreement caused by ambiguities in how the applicable statute defines the term machine gun. Go back to the rule of lenity 
And the Chevron deference, remember ambiguity and the statute and its definition. That's why I read those to you in advance. But you're going to hear those terms in here. An act of Congress could clear up the ambiguities. What's the ambiguity here? Let's break this down quickly. The ATF, you've been able to buy bump stocks for years. Until the ATF said you can't. Because Biden and the Democrats are trying to legislate around your Second Amendment rights. Let's just change the definition to fit our needs so that we can push our agenda and Congress doesn't have to act. Why would the ATF and the Biden administration want to do that even when the Obama administration and the ATF under Obama could not? Because they think you have short memories. And sadly, many people on our side did. I, for one, was upset that there was not a lot more action taken on bump stocks right out of the box, not because of the bump stock itself, but what we knew the ATF was doing with the definition and what it was going to mean to the future. I'll leave my criticism there for now. Back to Gilman's ruling. An act of Congress could clear up the ambiguities, but so far Congress has failed to act. The BATFE, ATF, has been on both sides of this issue with its current regulation, the rule banning bump stocks as a machine gun part. In this situation, the rule of lenity that is applicable to criminal offenses. Because remember, if you have a bump stock, you're a felon now. But you weren't when you bought it. The rule of lenity, remember, that is applicable to criminal offenses requires us to rule in favor of Harden. He's the plaintiff. What was that rule of lenity? It's a principle used in criminal law, also called a rule of strict construction, stating that when a law is unclear or ambiguous, the court should apply it in the way it is most favorable to the defendant. In this case over here, okay, we're talking about Harden over here because he bought this legally. Now, take a listen to this. This is interesting because, remember, the rule, it apl- the way it applies is because he bought this legally. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to go through this piece by piece by piece. And I want you to think about this in terms of May 32nd, because May 31st at midnight, if you have a pistol brace, which we heard Dettelbach talk about or kind of refused to talk about in the previous hour, well, on May 31st at midnight, when it calendar flips to May 32nd, you're going to be a felon. I think we're being telegraphed here what's getting ready to happen with that ATF rule. Constitution's going to stand in the way, that being the separation of powers and whose job it is to do what and who gets to say what and who gets to enforce what. And this is where I think you're going to see a Supreme Court action on this likely. We'll be back. Of the AFT. It's going to sound bizarre. I support the Second Amendment. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR 15. Sig Sauer is the manufacturer of the game-changing P365 high-capacity micro-compact. This revolutionary new concealed carry pistol gives you more capacity, concealability, and capability. The award-winning Sig Sauer P365 redefines the category and has become the most desired handgun on the market today. Holding up to 17 plus 1 rounds, its ergonomic design makes it more shootable with a clean, crisp trigger pull you'd expect from Sig Sauer. The Sig P365, America's number one selling handgun for a reason. Visit SigSauer.com. 
The long-awaited six-hour P365 Chambered in 380 is finally here. The new softer-shooting, easier-handling micro-compact option for everyday carry. With an identical grip module and slide with a 9mm, it'll fit all existing P365 holsters. The P365 380 is the most durable 380 micro-compact pistol on the market. Standard with SIG light night sights and an optic cut, plus two 10-round magazines and a mag loader. The P365 380 is the ultimate micro-compact carry pistol, and you can find details at SIGSOUR.com for the new P365 380. At Armed American Radio, we depend on our partners to bring you this broadcast every day. And that's why we've partnered with Fort Worth Armory. Fort Worth Armory searches the world to bring you high-quality, dependable ammo at extremely competitive prices. Proudly partnering with quality importers and manufacturers from friendly nations to bring you reliable ammunition, Fort Worth Armory not only fills your ammo needs, they also help fill your prescription for freedom. Please support the businesses that support Armed American Radio. Visit FortWorthArmory.com today. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact shell made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right, because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. 
All right, welcome back in. Six Hour Studios, Fort Worth Armory, Mike. That was Daniel Defense. Visit them, please. DanielDefense.com. Support them and the Double D Foundation. All of this is being brought to you by X Insurance. We're going to keep going on this. There's a lot to cover here, and it's fascinating. And I I mentioned in here before that uh, the judge in this case that wrote this, Ronald E. Gilman, wrote the opinion for the Sixth Circuit. Here's what I'm going to continue here. Remember, the ambiguity of this. What is a bump stock? Is it a machine gun? Hmm. Keep those words in mind. An act of Congress could clear up the ambiguities, but so far Congress has failed to act. The ATF has been on both sides of this issue with its current regulation, banning bump stocks as a machine gun part. In this situation, the rule of lenity that is applicable to criminal offenses requires us to rule in favor of Harden. We therefore reverse the judgment of the district court and remand for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. Here's the background on this. So we have to start with the Gun Control Act and what it says, what the code says, because it provides, quote, it shall be unlawful for any person to transfer or possess a machine gun. The definition of a machine gun is set forth in the National Firearms Act, and here's how it reads. The term machine gun means any weapon which shoots is designed to shoot or can be readily restored to shoot automatically more than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger. The term shall also include the frame or receiver of any such weapon, any part designed and intended to solely and exclusively or combination of parts designed and intended for use in converting a weapon into a machine gun, which is what? Automatically more than one shot without manual reloading or by a single function of the trigger. And any combination of parts from which a machine gun can be assembled if such parts are in the possession or under the control of the person. And this is where it starts to get really good. For over a decade, the ATF, to which Congress has delegated the authority to administer the National Firearms Act, Congress has delegated the authority to administer the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act, maintain that a bump stock is not a machine gun part. But in 2018, after a gunman in Las Vegas used bump stocks attached to semi-auto rifles to kill 58 people and injure roughly 500 more in the span of approximately 10 minutes, the ATF reversed its position by promulgating the rule. That's what we just read you. The rule gave possessors of bump stocks, or the new rule, which is the definition, changing that definition. The rule gave possessors of bump stocks, like myself, 90 days from its effective date during which to destroy or abandon their bump stocks, after which they would be in violation of the Gun Control Act's prohibition on machine guns and their parts. Scott Harden is the appellant in this case, and he owned several bump stocks. Following the ATF's promulgation of the rule, Harden brought an action in the Western District of Kentucky. He challenged the rule as exceeding the ATF's statutory authority, which is what we talked about in the Chevron deference definition. The district court granted the ATF's motion for judgment on the administrative record. He now appeals. This was in January. This ruling came out yesterday. Here's the analysis from the court. Whether a bump stock is a machine gun part depends on how one interprets the definition of a machine gun as set forth in the National Firearms Act. In particular, the dispute focuses on the words automatically and a single function of the trigger. Those courts of appeals that have faced the issue are divided on the answer, 
and the Supreme Court has not weighed in. On one side, saying that a bump stock is included within the definition of a machine gun are the 10th Circuit and the D.C. Circuit, and they go on to mention uh, about 20-plus cases, I think 22 opinions here. A total, yeah, here it is, a total of 22 opinions are set forth in the above-cited cases, which fully explore all aspects of the issue in nearly 350 pages of text. We therefore have the benefit of being able to draw our own conclusions from these opinions without having to repeat them verbatim. And they go on to say, the judge goes on to say that the weight of authority concludes that the definition of a machine gun is ambiguous as applied to a bump stock. What happens if it's ambiguous? Hardin argues that the statutory definition of a machine gun unambiguously excludes bump stocks, whereas the ATF argues that the best reading of the statute compels the opposite conclusion. Without repeating the intricacies of those positions, the judge said, there can be no doubt that a significant number of reasonable jurists have reached diametrically opposed conclusions as to whether the definition of a machine gun includes a bump stock. Greg, are you following this here, where this is going? Yeah, it's very wordy, but yes. It's interesting when you keep in mind what we're being faced with with pistol braces right now. Yeah, we argued on this show for a long time. It's not, this is not about the bump stock. We said from day one, it's about the ATF's ability or inability and in doing it anyway to change a definition to fit whatever their political whim is of the day or of the administration. You were going to say something? Well, I was going to add, we also have just this week the recent case of the CRS firearms uh, owner, I forget his name, uh, that created this little card that had a graphic for what they're considering to be a SEER drop-in card mm-hmm. for to make a, a semi-auto, fully auto, which as far as I know, it's just a diagram on a card. It's not an actual manufactured part. It's not, I don't believe he's selling it uh for specific use to create or to convert a semi-auto into a fully auto. And he was just convicted yesterday, I believe, was his day in court. So, Or maybe Monday. It's it's like been within the past two days. So I almost feel like there should be an appeal here, which there probably will be, uh, in order to contend that it even falls in the ATF's purview if it's just a, um, how do I phrase it, what kind of a novelty item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gets really confusing. Yeah, it does. I'm kind of I haven't heard people talk about it. I mean, I know it's a card with a diagram on it, but I mean, allegedly this information is all over the Internet. So how is this illegal? Hmm. I could go all the way back to the Aikens accelerator. Okay. pre bump stock, too. There's yeah, these cases and you go back to defense distributed. Yep. With the FRT. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of these cases are going to be decided, and this one kind of fits in this. If you listen to this to this stuff, to, to this ruling by this judge, he's setting the ATF straight here. Now, he mentions Chevron deference here. Let's go here quickly. Because he says, under what has become known as Chevron deference, a, court's reviewing, a court reviewing an agency's construction of the statute, which we talked about, which it administers, is confronted with two questions. And the Chevron First, always is the question whether Congress has directly spoken to the precise question at issue. In this case, they have not. Or actually, they did back when their original definition was written, and Congress has not changed it since. If the intent of Congress is clear, that's the end of the matter. 
for the court as well as the agency must give effect to the unambiguously expressed intent of Congress. If, however, the court determines Congress has not directly addressed the precise question at issue, which they said they did not, the court does not simply impose its own construction on the statute as would be necessary in the absence of an administrative interpretation. Rather, if the statute is silent or ambiguous with respect to the specific issue, the question for the court is whether the agency's answer is based on a permissible construction of the statute. And it wasn't. And we'll explain why when we come back. Don't go away. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun. The incredible M1 carbine and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. If you or someone you care about has been thinking about getting their permit to carry a firearm, there's never been a better time than now. Even if you've had your permit to carry for years, keep in mind that gun laws change regularly and not knowing the current laws can be catastrophic. Legal Heat is one of the nation's largest concealed carry training companies. If you're looking to obtain your carry permit for the first time, take a gun law refresher course or take a handgun 101 course, visit LegalHeat.com. They operate in every major city in the United States and will have a number of classes near you. Use promo code AAR to save on a class today. That's LegalHeat.com. Promo code AAR. The North American Arms 32 NAA Guardian Pistol, designed in partnership with Convoy Ammunition. The 32 NAA fires a cartridge based on the 380 case, but neck down to hold the smaller 32 bullet. The result is a remarkable gain in ballistic performance that produces more velocity, energy, and stopping power than any conventional 32 ACP, 380 ACP, or 380 ACP plus P. The 32 NAA from North American Arms. For more information, please visit NorthAmericanArms.com. That's NorthAmericanArms.com. Hi, it's Mark Walters, your host of Armed American Radio. If your company sells only the highest quality products and you're looking for a way to reach these listeners, you're talking to the right guy. Armed American Radio has a package available to fit every budget, from startup to the seasoned advertiser looking for that perfect way to reach this massive audience on roughly 250 stations in the top markets in the nation. We're everywhere, and the show continues to explode across the country after 10 years. Together, we can help you reach a highly engaged and extremely knowledgeable audience. To hear your brand on this huge radio program for less than you ever thought possible and to speak directly with me, reach out to CCW Broadcast Media LLC right away at mark at armedamericanradio.org. Mark at armedamericanradio.org. And together, we'll bring your brand to Armed American Radio listeners and keep this powerful voice for gun rights on the airwaves. Again, to speak directly to me, reach out to me at mark at armedamericanradio.org. That's mark at armedamericanradio.org. Did you know that Sig Sauer is all in for hunting? Introducing the Sig Sauer Cross Precision Bolt Action Rifle. Available in 308 and 6.5 Creedmoor. 
The Sig Cross Bolt Action Rifle was designed and built with the input of military snipers and elite hunters right here in America to meet the demands of hunters, precision long-range shooters, and extreme backcountry hunting. Six Hour has your hunting needs covered with ammunition, optics, suppressors, and more. Hunt like a warrior today. Learn more. Visit SigSauer.com now. Defender Coffee was created by patriots for patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Okay, welcome back to the show indeed. We're going to continue here in the six-hour studios on this Fort Worth Armory mic brought to you by X-Insurance and all of our great partners. You can find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Please go out of your way on our 14th anniversary. If you love the show, and many, many of you do, over all of these years, that's why we're here. Please support those partners. Go out and pick some Defender Coffee up. Go out and get on the email list from everybody there. Take a look. Get on the list at North American Arms, Car Firearms. they got great emails coming out. Car does, too. Justin's a guest on the show, the CEO, every single week in the MonsterCast and the Roundtable. These people have put it all out there for you and support us being on the airwaves, precisely because of conversations like this. It's the only place we can get our word out, okay? It's tough, and when we're out there and we have command of this show for hours a day, it's important, and they make it possible. Just buy a pillow or a a pet bed or some sheets or a towel or something silly, and you support Armed American Radio by doing so, and we appreciate it. They appreciate it. You get great products, and Armed American Radio stays on the airwaves. It's it's critical. So um, because this is very complicated with Chevron, there's a huge explanation in here, about a page and a half long. I'm going to tell you that the court found that the Chevron did not apply. They didn't find it appropriate in this case, in large measure because neither the plaintiff or the defendant invoked it and didn't argue it. But the court mentioned that they they looked at it. It would normally apply. But in this case, it doesn't. And here's why. We so hold because the statutory scheme is predominantly criminal in scope and because of the nature of the actions that it criminalizes. What does it criminalize? The ATF changed a rule as an enforcing agency that incurs criminal penalties, and they're also the enforcing agency at the same time. That's not for the ATF. You see where this is going here. That they, you don't get to do these things in our system. And they explain it here. The judge explains it. So without going into too much complicated stuff, there, we'll just back down in the essence of time. Otherwise, we could spend in the next two hours, and one of those two hours we don't have. We've only got a half hour left. First, the Gun Control Act prohibits anyone from transferring or possessing a machine gun. A knowing violation of this provision is punishable by up to 10 years of imprisonment. The civil implications of the rule are, by contrast, quite limited. The Gun Control Act's prohibition on machine guns is subject to only two extremely limited exceptions. For machine guns transferred to, or by, or possessed by, or under the authority of the federal or state government. 
or number two, lawfully possessed before the prohibition went into effect. Only machine guns that fall within these narrow exceptions are subject to civil consequences. And even then, the civil consequences are limited. The chief consequence is a registration requirement. Thus, given the breadth of the criminal prohibition and the limited nature of the exceptions giving rise to civil ramifications, we conclude that the statutory scheme has a predominantly criminal scope. Second, we perceive of no special expertise possessed by the ATF with respect to the construction of this statutory scheme that the judiciary lacks. The special deference required by Chevron is based on the expertise of an administrative agency in a complex field of regulation with nuances perhaps unfamiliar to the federal courts. Unlike environmental regulation or occupational safety, criminal law and the interpretation of criminal statutes is the bread and butter or the, of the work of federal courts, not the ATF. The rule of lenity requires us to rule in Hardin's favor. This brings us to the rule of lenity, under which penal statutes are to be construed strictly. Therefore, when Chevron deference is not warranted and standard principles of statutory interpretation fail to establish that the government's position is unambiguously correct, we apply the rule of lenity and resolve the ambiguity in the criminal defendant's favor. In sum, it is not enough to conclude that a criminal statute should cover a particular act. The statute must clearly and unambiguously cover the act. Now, they go into a Cargill case, et cetera. We'll move on from that. Bump stocks may well be indistinguishable from automatic weapons for all practical purposes, but it would be dangerous to punish a crime not enumerated in the statute because it is of equal atrocity or of kindred character. Remember, bump stocks are not listed in the definition of a machine gun. Because the relevant statutory scheme does not clearly and unambiguously prohibit bump stocks, we are bound to construe the statute in Hardin's favor. For all of the foregoing reasons, we reverse the judgment of the district court and remand for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. Now, the concurring opinion in this judgment by John K. Bush goes a little bit farther. I agree that the district court's judgment should be reversed at a minimum. As the majority opinion holds, the National Firearms Act of 34 admits of an interpretation that excludes a bump stock from the definition of a part of a machine gun under that statute. And they, he goes on to tell about the, how this is the original interpretation that the ATF operated under. The ATF gave to that statute. You could buy bump stocks legally. I did. You may have for years. And Bush is not mincing words here. That ATF later changed its views in order to ban bump stocks does not render unreasonable the ATF's first reading of the statute. Indeed, the ATF's first take aligns with the views of numerous judges on this court and elsewhere who have considered the relevant statutory text. Therefore, even accepting, as does the majority opinion, that the statute could reasonably be read either way as to the legality of bump stocks, the statute must be read under the rule of lenity to exclude a bump stock rifle from the definition of a machine gun. If there are two possible readings of what conduct Congress has made a crime, the harsher alternative reading should be rejected because Congress should have spoken in language that is clear and definite. But I would go farther, Bush says. Don't you love judges that are telling you they're wanting to go farther, particularly when they're ruling in your favor? Absolutely. 
As explained by Judge Murphy and Gun Owners of America, Inc. v. Garland, the best reading of the statute is that Congress never gave the ATF the power to expand the law banning machine guns through the legislative shortcut of the ATF's rule. Because at issue in this appeal, simply put, under the statute as it currently reads, the addition of a bump stock to a rifle clearly does not make it a machine gun. Though my reasoning differs somewhat from the majority opinion, all judges on this panel agree on this point. It is up to Congress, not the ATF, to change the law if bump stocks are to be made illegal. Boom. Mic drop. This case turns, according to Bush, on whether a bump stock is a part of a machine gun as used in the National Firearms Act. And he goes on to describe it again in the the definition, the statute, which we've already read. Under this definition, a bump stock cannot be a machine gun part because a bump stock by itself cannot increase the rate of fire of a rifle, nor does it change the mechanics of a single function of the trigger. Now, how can that be if you affix a bump stock? You can hear it go rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat because it requires action from the shooter. You have to hold the rifle a particular certain way that enables the bump stock to bump fire the semi-automatic trigger, causing the trigger to move, not by one pull, a single pull of the trigger, but by using the inertia and the power, etc., of the recoil action of the gun. But it requires assistance from the shooter. It won't do it on its own. The shooter, is what Bush says, the shooter must also maintain constant forward pressure on the weapon's barrel shroud or foregrip, causing the trigger to bump the shooter's stationary finger and fire another bullet. This explanation reveals a couple of reasons why a bump stock does not transform a rifle into a machine gun. The bump stock, ladies and gentlemen, didn't do it on its own. According to Bush and common sense, one still needs to maintain constant forward pressure on the weapon's barrel or foregrip. Thus, a semi-automatic rifle does not shoot automatically and thereby become a machine gun simply by having a bump stock. When the National Firearms Act was enacted, the word automatically meant, quote, having a self-acting or self-regulating mechanism that performs a required act at a predetermined point in the operation. This is fascinating stuff. Are you thinking about the pistol brace ruling? What's the takeaway here? We'll talk about it when we come back. Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products from top to bottom is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. The Second Amendment Foundation has grown into what many believe to be the most important gun rights organization in America. With hundreds of thousands of active members, it is the Second Amendment Foundation defending your rights in courtrooms across the nation. Winning these battles in local jurisdictions all the way to the Supreme Court requires tireless effort and help from you. Please help the Second Amendment Foundation defend your freedoms by joining or donating today at saf.org. Join us at saf.org. Thank you. 
the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR biggest, finest revolvers and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. The North American Arms 32 NAA Guardian Pistol, designed in partnership with Convoy Ammunition. The 32 NAA fires a cartridge based on the 380 case, but neck down to hold the smaller 32 bullet. The result is a remarkable gain in ballistic performance that produces more velocity, energy, and stopping power than any conventional 32 ACP, 380 ACP, or 380 ACP plus P. The 32 NAA from North American Arms. For more information, please visit NorthAmericanArms.com. That's NorthAmericanArms.com. If you or someone you care about has been thinking about getting their permit to carry a firearm, there's never been a better time than now. Even if you've had your permit to carry for years, keep in mind that gun laws change regularly and not knowing the current laws can be catastrophic. Legal Heat is one of the nation's largest concealed carry training companies. If you're looking to obtain your carry permit for the first time, take a gun law refresher course or take a handgun 101 course, visit LegalHeat.com. They operate in every major city in the United States and will have a number of classes near you. Use promo code AAR to save on a class today. That's LegalHeat.com. Promo code AAR. AAR listeners, this is the year I'm asking you to go out of your way to support our partners that keep this program on the air. It's essential to our existence and to the ongoing fight for the Second Amendment. Our newest partner, the Crime Prevention Research Center at CrimeResearch.org, headed by Dr. John Lott, is literally on the front line defending our freedoms and this program. While the anti-gunners spend millions spreading misinformation and lies, it's the CPRC and Dr. Lott advancing the real scientific understanding of the relationship between laws and gun ownership, improving the awareness and knowledge of this scientific understanding among the public, journalists, and policymakers, and enhancing public safety through these scientific advances, improving awareness and knowledge in the public eye. As a nonprofit, Dr. Lott needs our help to continue this groundbreaking research and getting it out to the public. Please, like I do, make a monthly donation, whatever amount, to the CPRC and help us tell the truth about our right to bear arms. You can do so at crimeresearch.org. Crimeresearch.org. Please help us today. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Ah, Back to the show, indeed. Final segment already of the program. We are down the rabbit hole with this case, the Hardin case, bump stock case, for good reason, here in the uh, six-hour studios today on the Fort Worth Armory mic, brought to you by X-Insurance. For good measure, let me go to A.W.R. Hawkins here as we continue the discussion here, because the rule of lenity here, 
AWR mentioned this a couple times. I'm looking at his piece. Gilman noted the rule of lenity as the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit did in January 2023 when ruling against the bump stock ban in Cargill v. Garland. Now, Michael Cargill, of course, won that case. He was on the show with me when I was at SHOT this year in January. The rule of lenity stands as a protector against criminal liability put on people who had legally purchased a product against which there was no law against. So keep that in mind, and we'll close out here. We'll wrap up with the with the pistol brace and what my thoughts on that are based on what we're seeing here. But I love Bush's commentary in here, in his concurrence. There were no tra- changes in the relevant facts or law that led to the ATF making a 180 degree change of statutory interpretation to ban what was once ill, what was once legal. There was only a profound change in political pressure. Boom, another mic drop. Even if the ATF had adopted its current view from the get-go, that interpretation fits poorly with the statutory text. That statutory text, ladies and gentlemen, being the NFA definition of machine gun. The AT, he, gets, he goes further into the weeds. The ATF substitutes pull for function to argue that there is a single pull from the shooter's perspective. But the statutory definition defines function not with reference to the shooter, but to the firearm, given the use of the word trigger, which is a mechanical feature from the firearms, mechanical perspective, the trigger must fully reset and be pulled every single time another shot is fired. So substitution of the ATF's new word pull for function does not make a bump stock rifle a machine gun. Even with the bump stock, the trigger of the rifle still must be pulled. That is, the trigger finger must move against the trigger while the shooter maintains forward pressure on the weapon's barrel shroud or foregrip for each shot the weapon fires. To be sure, the bump stock allows for multiple shots to occur more rapidly, but that consequence does not change the dispositive fact that each pull of the trigger fires only one shot. Because a single function of the trigger using a bump stock cannot fire more than one bullet, a bump stock rifle is not a machine gun. I therefore concur in reversing the district court judgment because the best reading of the statute is that bump stocks are legal. The statutory text confirms that the ATF correctly interpreted the statute the first time, you know, back when I bought mine. It is the job of Congress, not the ATF, to decide whether the law should change in this area. Do you see where this is going with the pistol brace? The ATF cannot change law, provide criminal penalties to the law that they changed, and then enforce that law that they created out of thin air because of a reinterpretation of something they had held was legal. That is Congress's job. This is an incredibly refreshing reminder and a cold, hard slap in the face to Dettelbach at ATF. Greg, do you still have that clip of him failing to answer Nell's question? I do. Let's play that again. All right, here we go. Left, and I'm still trying to get you to answer my question. Hypothetically speaking, if I fail to comply with the ATF's final rule by May 31st now, May 31st, what will the ATF do to me or 40 other million Americans? Uh, 
With respect to all of the, the authorities that ATF has, uh, we target our investigation. Next thing violence, you'll probably be violence, saying that you're going to have to go door to door. My point is this. Local law enforcement pulls over a car. The guy's drunk. All of a sudden, he's doing an inventory. He finds one of these braces in the back of his car, right? And that brace hasn't been registered because the guy had no clue this was even out there. Are you going to put that guy in jail for that brace? What is local law enforcement going to do? So, Hurry up. I got 15 seconds. So with respect to a brace in and of itself, the ATF doesn't deal with the brace. The ATF deals with the weapon as assembled as a whole, determining whether it's a short-barreled rifle which is a determination made. I'm not getting anything from him. I just want the American people, everybody to understand, you're going after veterans, individuals like myself, like this guy, with the resources they currently have. I yield back, sir. I know I'm out of time. (laughs) Did you hear what he said? With the determinations, what Duttelbach was just telling you without telling you was, with us changing statute to fit our political agenda. That's what he meant by that. That was his artful way of skating around an honest answer. This is another guy that will look you in the face at midnight and tell you the sun is shining. This ruling is, I I don't want to say it's the death knell of the pistol brace rule, but it doesn't bode well for the ATF. And moving forward, the problem that we have is when will a final decision be rendered? Now, they're, they're part of that hearing, this is because they're wanting to defund, and they're going to defund the ATF so they can't use your own taxpayer dollars against you for something they don't even have the authority to change, let alone enforce under criminal penalty and turn you into a felon overnight for something you own that they already said was fine which they don't get to say anyway because they don't change the statute or the law. They administer it. It's up to the courts to decide. It's up to Congress to change. Let's go back to Bush's concurrence. It is the job of Congress, not the ATF, to decide whether the law should change in this area. So we've got... uh, what, Greg, about a little bit, about a month, maybe 36 days, somewhere around there. Yeah, pretty close. Before we get to May 32nd, lots going to go down between now and then. But you heard the, it wasn't a lie because he didn't answer the question. It was a lie of omission. It was a dodge. Be pretty much a dodge, a big old dodge, big old lie of omission dodge. And you heard Nell say, pretty soon you're going to tell us you're going to have to go door to door. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how weaponized agencies work. This is what happens in commie countries. Now, I don't have enough time to go into this, but if you heard what we were talking about here, you can make the comparison to what I've been saying all along. Their ultimate goal is to change the definition of a semi-automatic firearm by using a bump stock rule that they just did here to get to that end. This is the means to an end. And they've been smacked in the face. And I hope it hurt. I'm sure it did. Because I know Dettelbach takes this stuff serious. Because he hates your gun rights. He knows what he's doing. 
They're doing it intentionally. And they just got popped. And it was fun. It was fun to cover. Fascinating stuff. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is going to get up and do it again tomorrow and get in their face. Tomorrow will be the actual beginning of our 15th year on the airwaves. We're very proud of that. So I hope you enjoyed the program today, and I hope you'll be here again tomorrow. Lots to cover. We never have enough time in two hours, but we'll get to the best of it that we can and have these great discussions every single day. Visit all of our partners at armedamericanradio.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow on the start of our 15th year. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425 454 